Hello and welcome back to the Happy Smiling People podcast. In today's episode, I'm joined by Pilates instructor and skincare expert Ksenia Salivanova. Ksenia is passionate about wellness, specifically maintaining effective skincare and an active lifestyle in a way that suits you and your body. In this episode, we discuss how her mum's natural skincare remedies inspired her, the impact nutrition has on your skin, the fundamental elements that wellness consists of, the ultimate skincare routine, how to get enough protein as a woman, why she turns away PR skin care products, how to find exercise that is sustainable for you, the real truth about anti-aging and much more. Enjoy the episode and do click subscribe to keep up to date with new releases. Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to have you. Question number one. What are you passionate about in life? Well, um, I think if I had to round it into like one word, I think wellness would be probably the the one that comes to mind first. But I think it has a lot of different um, shelves to it. There are so many aspects to wellness. And I think certain things maybe people don't think of um, as something that can be related to wellness. But if I think of the things that I am, get most excited about it's definitely food so nutrition eating the way that can support my wellness um something that i call or you know there is a concept of primary food and secondary food so primary food is something that is off our plate so it's not necessarily food that we eat it is the things outside of our food like your lifestyle your work your mental health your spirituality things like that. So all those things are part of your wellness and kind of nutrition burned from the outside. But then there's also um, secondary food, which is exactly what is on your plate and what you eat on a daily basis. So I'm kind of passionate about all of those things and how I can find an equilibrium between all of them. Um, Of course, uh, fitness has been a big part of my life. I'm, you know, I teach Pilates and that is a weekly thing for me. I, I I teach it every week. I practice it myself. I try to include other disciplines into my life. Um, and of course, self-massage. Um, it has been a massive part of my life. It has really changed my life in many different ways. And something that I um, try to inspire people to incorporate into their daily routines because it is very simple. It doesn't require anything but, you know, some clean hands and a clean face but it can affect your mental health in an incredible, profound way. It can affect your physical kind of, you know, the the feeling of um, how you relate to your own body, what kind of relationship you have with your own body in a a very interesting way. Um, And it's just like that moment of calm where you can jump off the hamster wheel and have a little bit of me time. But yeah, I think I think I've kind of like, uh, I'm running off with a lot of different thoughts, but if I had to put it in one word, then probably wellness. Yeah, for sure. Jumping off the hamster wheel of day-to-day life is Mm. such a challenge, but it's so important to avoid getting burnt out and to actually be present in the moment. It's so important, but so difficult to do. But would you say Mm -hmm. that wellness has been something that's always been present in your life or was there an epiphany of like, oh my goodness, I actually need to sort things out? Um, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, when I was younger, I used to be in like a dance group and, um, 
you know, it was something that I did like five times a week when I was at school. And it was very much about maybe more about community than the physical side to it. Um, but it, it definitely was kind of a part of my life. And to be fair, I think my upbringing, my mom inspired me quite a lot when it came to self-care, like, you know, when it comes to skincare and my beauty journey definitely is somewhat inspired by my younger years because my mom used to brew chamomile tea and put it into little ice cubes and then she would sit there like rolling a little chamomile ice cube on her face or she would make all this like homemade masks and you know oil my hair and things like that so I think without kind of realizing back then wellness was already a part of my life then but then I think when I was at university um, I went to university in Finland and when I moved there I stopped any physical activity as you kind of do when you, you know, leave school. I was, you know, obviously living my best student life, um, eating whatever I could afford, which wasn't much. And, you know, it was very much quite, uh, quite like simple carb based diet. And obviously there was a lot of drinking, um, like I said, just a happy student life. And I just remember and seeing a picture of myself from a day on a lake that we were having in summer. And I just, just couldn't recognize like myself. It wasn't necessarily about, you know, how that I gained weight, which I did, but it's more just that that is not how I still saw myself. And I think that's when I really started doing a lot of self kind of research and self-education when it came to nutrition and also physical activity and kind of like um, some some method was a little bit peculiar. Like I remember wrapping myself in cling film and putting under the cling film, I would make this mixture of olive oil, cayenne pepper and cinnamon because I was, I was like, I have cellulite. I have to do something about it. So some method was a little bit peculiar and also a little bit maybe coming from a you know, a wrong place because it was based on image. But I think that was also because I was just getting into modeling, um, which is, you know, an industry that affects you in, in many ways when it comes to your body image and kind of self-worth, et cetera. Um, but that's, that's kind of the roots of it for sure. That's when I started to really get into food, get into my physical health and all of that. Yeah, for sure. And are you into the natural remedies for skincare, like making yes. your own masks and things, or like rather than chemicals? Do you try and avoid chemicals where you can? Um, I would say that there is a place for both. Um, when I'm so because I do treatments on people, so I offer facial treatments, body treatments to people. I'm not tied to a particular brand. I have literally like drawers and drawers full of different products and it ranges from super super natural almost like homemade you know oils and tinctures to something that is very lab created you know it's very specific it had like you know like years and years of research behind it I think um, when it comes to skincare I always kind of advise people the simpler the better uh, unfortunately social media affects us in a way that we, we tend to complicate it quite a lot. You know, let's all do a seven-step routine and a 10-step routine because it's going to give you, you know, a glass skin. And it 
can if you know exactly what you're using, but um, people tend to follow trends, which I have definitely done myself so many, many times. But I think simplicity is key and you don't need a lot. You just need, you know, a couple of important kind of steps in your routine to achieve just skin health because that mm -hmm. it, that will then give you, you know, the glow that people are after or maybe, you know, reduce um, inflammation or induce um, breakouts and things like that. And what do you think the fundamentals for the simple skincare routine mm -hmm. would be? Yeah, I think definitely, I mean, cleansing is, you know, it sounds obvious, but um, people sometimes think that if they wash it with uh, water or God forbid, with soap, you know, that kind of, it makes my heart kind of pound a little bit when I say certain things. Or, you know, when people tell me about, do you remember that, the apricot scrub that used to be around, <laughs> like with like really hard granules? Yeah. Um, when they say things like that, my, my eye starts twitching a little bit. But it, um, definitely a good, gentle, hydrating cleanser. Um, it doesn't have to be anything stripping. So I would say avoid anything that is too foaming. A cream cleanser is always better because then it doesn't strip your skin of natural oils that you actually need for um, for nourishment and hydration of your skin. Um, a good moisturizer, um, which is really the key to a good moisturizer or the job of a good moisturizer is simply to lock kind of moisture in, protect you from environmental factors, and then a really good SPF. Um, that is a daily, that is a, mm -hmm. it's non-conditional. It doesn't matter if it's a, you know, gray day in London or, you know, if it's December um, or if it's 30 degrees in July, you have to be using, uh, in, in my opinion, um, I would advise using an SPF every day um, because the, the, the trend that I have definitely seen with people's skin is probably 70% of my clients come to me with some sort of sensitivity or reactivity to their skin. And that is most of the time due to um, either internal irritants when it comes to nutrition or maybe some allergies that they're not aware of or, you know, intolerances that they're not aware of. Or it could be just a complete lack of skin barrier, which people lose when they overstrip their skin, when they overexfoliate, which is a big, big trend. Um, people were like bathing themselves in, you know, acid toners a couple of years ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, I know. And it's so overwhelming because you just hear like, you need to spend hundreds of pounds on all these different uh products to use and they all do different things and you can't like you can't mix brands or maybe you should mix brands and people just end up with so many products that yes. probably work against each other and actually make your skin really delicate and mm. it's so refreshing to hear someone be like it's simple do you know and also yeah. using like really simple remedies to to use to fix your skin like it's so important rather than Absolutely. just putting all these really harsh chemicals on which actually when you think about it really can't yeah. be beneficial at all yeah i mean exfoliation is important you have to help yourselves to renew and exfoliation is important mm -hmm. but over exfoliation is it's a road to you know to sensitivities to redness to rosacea to just a, a lot of different kind of um symptoms that then happen from it but exfoliation is important you just don't need to do it every day you can do it 
once a week, twice a week, and it doesn't have to be like a peel, you know, where you're sitting there for 20 minutes burning your, you know, top layer off. It could be just a mild, you know, toner that you can be using. Um, so it, it really, you know, you can still have those actives. So actives that, you know, maybe it's vitamin C, maybe it is um, retinol, if that's what you're into, maybe it is an acid, but you don't have to use them every day. So, and I'm, I, I so agree with you. It is, um, it is a wildly oversaturated market uh, for somebody who, you know, works with content creation and, you know, has, you know, let's call it the presence on social media or whatnot. I get so many PR packages and um, I had to, about like a year, year and a half ago, I had to start saying no to half of them because A, the waste, B, it will take me three lifetimes to go through all the products. Um, and also, I just don't need them. I can't put my skin through I, I would have to use a new product every single day, if not a couple of products. So I'm like, no, this is what I like. This is what I use. This is what works for my skin. And I have rosacea myself. So my skin is incredibly, incredibly reactive. It's like a proper teenager. You know, one day she wakes up and she's gray. She's happy. The other day she wakes up and she's just, you know, it's me against the world. Yeah, and switching products all the time will not do anything to help them. No. It's so interesting that you have all these PR packages yeah. with the expectation of posting them to your story or doing posts mm -hmm. on Instagram, and then suddenly people who follow you and trust in your skincare advice are seeing you post from so many different brands, yes. which then will feed into the whirlwind of you must get more and more and more. And then it Absolutely. just creates a confusion. So yeah, it's so interesting that you yeah. actually just have to say no. That's yeah and me. I even you know recently I kind of started um I just just started a little series on my Instagram about what ingredients to look for in skincare rather than giving people like this is the product to use you know I give a little kind of list of my favorite products that have that ingredient but I think it's just so much easier when you're like okay I'm looking for that ingredient in my skincare rather than you know seeing it's just it's hard like I remember being that it's like candy shop you know you get overly excited the packaging the marketing you pick the pretty yeah. packaging <laughs> yeah I mean I'm that girl you take me to space and k and I am you know I go wild exactly I know it's so hard to look past it but what yeah. would you say that the role of nutrition then plays within the skincare game oh my god it is um your gut is like literally directly connected to not only your skin but also to your brain and you know it is such an incredible connection that people sometimes I think ignore and your the health of your gut um, the microbiome of your gut will have the direct effect on your skin because if you think of your skin your skin is an organ as well um, it is like second or third largest organ in your in your in your body because we have so much surface of it and we also have a microbiome of our skin so there are also bacteria and little you know little good guys and bad guys that live in our on our skin the same way as they live in our stomach or in our gut um and i think if you are constantly irritating your gut by you know eating maybe a lot of processed sugar or you know we kind of all know what the you know what the bad guys are but you know 
I also think that it's not about isolating yourself completely from those things. It's just about balancing, you know, if I know that I'm, I just really want, you know, a pizza and a can of Coke and, you know, a chocolate bar on top, I will allow myself that if that's really what I want. But then that means that with my other meals that day and probably the day after, I will have to be balancing that out because otherwise, you know, it, it's, it's, it goes straight into your skin but also not just that it goes into your energy levels it affects you know it, it affects your whole um you know readiness kind of for the day um the 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 food that we eat because it is it is still fuel um and i think there is also such connection to you know what kind of food you eat when it comes to your skin health because you can be feeding your skin from the inside rather than topically because topically really all you need to do is protect and hydrate um but from the inside you could actually be feeding your skin with you know antioxidants that are rich in you know different veggies um it could be like amigas that you know in fish or nuts and things like that those are essential things for the health of your skin I actually love that. I've never thought about it that way, that you basically need to make sure your skin's moisturised and that you protect it from the sun. Yeah. But apart from that, people are spending hundreds and hundreds yeah. of pounds on all of these products when actually, if they ate a balanced diet and got the nutrients that they need, they're probably going to have clear skin anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing. It's, it's really, you know, it, it is incredible and you know i am that person i have a lab in my bathroom and it doesn't mean that i don't sometimes have a five and a six step routine but on a daily basis my routine is my my cleanser sometimes i use a serum my moisturizer and my spf so it's it's most of the times it's just four steps but it is so much easier and also it will have a much bigger effect on your whole body on your whole well-being on your mind on your physical body on your spiritual body um when you pick the right foods and also i think a lot of people don't realize that we there are certain foods that they might have even slight intolerances to for example dairy is a really big one also eggs is actually quite a big one but dairy especially um that can cause inflammation in the gut and cause inflammation in the skin um but of course you know i would always advise to consult your doctor you know you can get tests done you can get food intolerances done but or you can keep a food diary it is also an easy way to do it it is a tiring way to do it because you have to be quite like regimented with it. But it is a great way to really track how you feel when you eat certain foods. How, you know, how do you feel 30 minutes after the food? Do you just want to go for a nap or are you full of energy? Um, and, you know, what kind of reaction your skin is having to it? But, you know, as women as well, you know, nothing is straightforward for us. You know, the, our hormones are not like this. What, for men they are they go from up down for us it's a roller coaster of cycling through different days and i think that's also important to to listen to where you are in your cycle and what kind of support you might need from external factors like food exercise rest as well mm -hmm. and it's not a matter of beating yourself up about it it's understanding your body and why mm. it's feeling in certain ways 
and being nice to yourself resting who would have thought resting is actually quite a good thing to do that's the one we don't allow ourselves enough I mean I have Mm -hmm. so I wear an aura ring so it's it's a it tracks my like inactivity so it advises me to be inactive um which I find incredibly difficult because I am um I am like yeah I'm like a Duracell bunny most of the time not in my like energy but just the fact that I just my days are full and I constantly find myself being like between doing things and, and being places but sometimes I'm like just sit down and do nothing for five minutes are you a fan of the aura ring um I literally just got it so I had it for literally a couple of days um I used to have an apple watch so that did do a similar thing so it you know tracks your um tracks your heart rate and you know Mm -hmm. your exercise the really good thing about the aura is what I'm enjoying is the sleep the tracking it does yeah, give you some really really not good so accurate it's got it's give you some really good insight into your sleep and I feel like you know definitely me but everyone we need to prioritize sleep it's literally the basis of like everything and I think when you get the numbers it's almost like there's no excuse you're like well yeah it told me so I've got to rest mm-hmm. it's so yeah. funny it's like the fundamentals for wellness is probably you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? Like the first few steps in your morning routine. What are you eating? How are you moving? And how are you sleeping? Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's so simple. I know. Well, it, and I also think that's exactly it. But I think it's about creating good habits. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, I remember people would, you know, sometimes people would ask me, um, I get that question a lot online. And I think there's still a little bit of that kind of thinking process what how many calories you eat what do you eat how much you weigh and I literally have no idea like I haven't weighed well I probably did weigh myself recently because when you go to a GP um they weigh you etc that's probably like the last time that I would weigh myself um Mm -hmm. but I just never ever look at those statistics I always kind of look in the mirror do I do I kind of am I happy what I see do I feel strong do I feel energetic do I feel fueled by the food that I eat how's my skin you know because you know it it can be different every single day but I think it's about being reactive to how you are feeling that day and just creating little habits little routines um just just to drop into your day that are good sometimes you know I'll take the dog for a walk and I'm a little bit hyped, like I'm a little bit in a fight and flight response. I just put a little meditation, like a walking meditation into my headphones. And then I walk and I force myself to do it because I know that otherwise I'll be walking and I'll be thinking, what do I need to do? I need to do this, I need to do that. And then in the morning, of course, I still pick up my phone the first thing. I, you know, it, I'd, lo- I'd love to say that I don't, but I do. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> I don't know yeah. how to get rid of it. But then when I do, and if I have like five, 10 minutes, again, I put like a guided meditation or some breath work, something simple. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, anything complex. Um, and it just, it's a good start to the day. And then, you know, I go and I have my, water with some lemon and then I already feel like I've done something good for my body and then you just kick kick start that day really well instead of kind of again like you said beating yourself up about not doing something it's not about you know suddenly like 
changing your life around because it's not sustainable. It's the little changes that then can become sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you manage your nutrition through the week? Are you quite an intuitive eater Mm. or do you have some plans that you try to stick to? Yeah, so I'm definitely an intuitive eater, but I also, so I try to cycle sync. So I don't know if you know about the concept of cycle syncing. So cycle syncing is when you match kind of the foods to the stage of your cycle so for example you know when you are menstruating you you should be eating like iron rich foods so we're talking about meat maybe like offal if you're eating meat um but also you know eating um, a lot of fiber and things like that and when for example i don't know when you're ovulating you want to be eating lighter foods and salads and colorful things there's also different seeds, different nuts that you can eat. So in general, I mean, my nutrition is I I cook every day. I cook pretty much three times a day for us at home. And it is something that I, you know, I take a lot of pleasure in sourcing food. So going to a market, going to a greengrocer, planning my meals, like recipe books are my bedtime read, like hand or heart. It's my favorite thing to do. Um and you know like cooking and eating we try to eat if i if i kind of make it super basic it is just a lot of fruit veg and meat um mm-hmm. a lot of vegetables i eat a lot of berries um they're wonderful antioxidants for your skin uh i try to eat fish as much as i can but i de- that is definitely something that i would like to eat more of and then um whole grains so i love I come from a culture where porridge is a big thing. Like we love porridge, but porridge for us is not just oats, wheat, millet, buckwheat, things like that. So complex carbs like that are really good. And um, then like wild rice, quinoas and things like that. And I mean, of course, pasta is, you know, it is my favorite thing. It, <laughs> it, it brings me a lot of joy. So we do do still eat a lot of pasta and things like that I just try to balance it out with other things same thing with bread we eat bread but we don't buy shop-bought bread so we'll go to a bakery buy a sourdough or maybe a rye I've actually just bought myself like a sourdough starter again I used to bake bread but it is it is demanding she needs feeding so much i know right it's it's like you suddenly make some bread and then you've got to feed the flipping starter all yeah. over again it's like and then it's dying honestly my dog <laughs> right. for less oh honestly and then somehow it doesn't end up rising and you're like why did i even yeah bother? and then it dies <laughs> on you and i'm like i've been feeding you for weeks so my question is about protein intake because mm. a lot of women especially people who are active and live an active lifestyle, don't get enough protein. No. And a lot of people aren't aware of it as well. What are your tips for getting enough protein and what are you doing in your everyday life to ensure that you do? Yeah, definitely. It's a great question because I do think that people don't get enough protein, but B, I think they underestimate the importance of having protein with every meal. So when you have a co- combination of protein, fat, and um, 
and complex carbs all together in every meal, your glucose doesn't spike as much, which means your energy levels are quite nice. And, you know, they will still rise, but they won't go up and then drop down, which means you will really feel like a nap. You will feel really tired. You won't really feel fueled. Um, so I think having protein is really important. Um, and I 100% agree with you that people don't really realize that. So what I try to do is, I mean, when it comes to lunch and dinner, I think that that's easier because, you know, put some chicken, put some, you know, some, you know, throw some tuna into your salad or, you know, something like that or tofu, tempeh, um, any of the plant-based proteins. There are some, of course, proteins as well in, you know, nuts and things like this. But uh, I do take protein powders um, as well in my, sometimes I will put it in a smoothie in the morning or into my oats if I want a little bit more, especially if I worked out that morning, especially if I'm teaching that day, um, I have to, I have to supplement and it's just not enough. Yeah, it's something that people really need to be aware of because you get so much benefit as well. Um, if you're doing the hard work and doing the workouts and not actually replenishing with protein, yeah. it's Absolutely. silly. I also think, you know, when people think of protein powders and stuff like that, protein powder is a, it's like a topping to your meal. It's not a meal in itself. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, it is good to have, you know, after you maybe had a workout or, you know, something like that, but it's not a meal in itself. Um, I think that's really important to kind of, note as well because it just doesn't give you enough nutrients unless this is like a super super powered smoothie you know with like yeah. an avocado in it and a scoop of oats and all of that then maybe but mm -hmm. protein is hard but even things like you know skier or kefir um like greek yogurts they have protein in mm -hmm. them as well so i think just trying to to add those things into your diet, even if you're just, you know, topping something or, you know, adding a spoonful of something to to a meal, it already counts. The same thing with like seeds and nuts. I think people underestimate the fact that they are plants as well. And I think, you know, there's kind of research that, you know, you should be eating like 30 plants a week, you know, and that sounds overwhelming, like, oh my God, 30 plants, that sounds like a crazy amount. But if you make yourself a little jar that has sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, sesame, chia, uh, I don't know, some walnuts, that's five plants in one teaspoon. So little like tricks like that, I think can be really, really helpful. Um, and just eating a lot of fiber, fiber is so amazing for your gut. So vegetables, leafy greens, all that stuff. Exactly. Get a good recipe book out and it suddenly will seem a lot easier. <laughs> I know, exactly, exactly. And you're a Pilates teacher as well. Mm. How did you get into the world of Pilates? Funnily enough, it was, uh, so it was actually uh, just before the first COVID, I was going to do my yoga teacher training. So I was signed up, ready to go. It was meant to be happening in Thailand. You know, I was quite excited because at that at the time, then I was practicing a lot of yoga. I was practicing Pilates as well, but yoga was quite dominant in my kind of workout routine. Um, and then COVID happened. It was just kind of the beginning when things started to get canceled and delayed, etc. So my training got canceled and I thought, hmm, I was living in Manchester back then. 
and I thought well that's not happening is there something I can do locally and I wasn't necessarily wanting to do it to teach um, I just wanted to do it for myself and the same thing actually happened with beauty therapy so I, I became a therapist a long time ago but I didn't practice it for a while because it wasn't my intention um, so that I ended up doing a Pilates teacher training in Manchester um, and I did the training and even though the training itself was pretty basic I get that question a lot where did you do your training because I think when people come to my classes or they've been to my classes they think that it's it's quite different from uh, classical Pilates I teach quite a dynamic practice and oh my god so many classical Pilates teachers will throw stones at me right now um <laughs> but I love what I teach because it's a practice that I would like to practice so I decided mm -hmm. to teach the way that I teach because it is the class that I would want to attend and um I, I decided to offer something that is a little bit more fast-paced and a little bit more a mixture of, you know, it it just has like a sprinkling of bar, a sprinkling of maybe some body weight training, um, just a little bit here and there that I think makes it a little bit just more fun that I, I really enjoy. I, I remember going to a couple of Pilates classes and I was thinking this discipline has so much potential but it is often, not always, of course, taught in such a boring way. Um, and it can be so fun. So fun. And how do you structure your classes when you're planning them? Good question. I do not. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great question. I um I get that question quite a lot from from when me and other teachers chat. We always kind of say, you know, oh, how much prep do you do? Do you prep? Do you, do you plan your classes? I used to. When I started teaching, of course, I used to, you know, it, it was like a foreign thing to me. What am I doing? What am I supposed to say? What should I put after what? So I would have a little book and, you know, I would have this little like blocks of um, exercises that, you know, are in the same position. So, you know, you're staying on, I don't know, your forearms um, in a kneeling position. So how many exercises I can do from there. So you end up doing like seven. Um, so you have these little blocks, but then with time, um, and it happened pretty quickly, I just kind of abandoned that, but I still, there is a structure in my head. So definitely, you know, when people just come to class and, you know, the class starts, it's about bringing the people into the room, just connecting to your breath, just, you know, taking a little moment to just, find a little bit of balance like leave the outside world behind the door and just arrive into the practice itself and then it's you know it's about slowly getting the fire started and you know it, it kind of is like that I usually start standing uh, in my classes and uh, it's something that I really enjoy because I, I find it a little bit more like empowering and then you kind of ground yourself when you go down to the mat um but yeah it's a, whatever comes to my mind uh I will throw but it's still you know it's still blocks of exercises in my head it's like a little Jenga that I just you know put together in every class but no class is the same um when I teach and I I quite like that yeah I know absolutely it keeps it fresh for you and for yeah. people who are doing your class yeah so what are the differences between yoga and Pilates then mm, so 
I mean, yoga is definitely a much more spiritual practice. You know, it has a lot of spiritual meaning. It has, you know, a lot of, um, how would I call it? Not, you know, maybe teachings, you know, there, there are a lot of teachings that support yoga, whereas Pilates is a, it really is a purely physical practice, but we do incorporate breath centering. So you want to, you know, you want to find center, you want to do everything with intention, there's control, but it is a much more physical practice than it is a mixture of spiritual and physical. So, you know, there would normally be, you know, meditation uh, involved in a yoga class. And, you know, sometimes you're working with chakras and aligning your chakras. Whereas in Pilates, we work with, you know, we work with the spine, your muscles, your joints, and your core. So how to really strengthen your core to support your whole body, how to work with engaging and also relaxing your pelvic floor, which um, is a big one, because people have either a very weak pelvic floor or a very overactive pelvic floor um so it's about finding that balance and because all those things you know they're literally all in the center of our body that's what supports our whole structure you know your your all your limbs are attached to this space in the middle so i think pilates is you know I I am that person who's always like, it's the best practice. Pilates is the best practice. It is, you know, it is strengthening, it is lengthening, it is also, it can be stretching, um, but it is, you know, it is so wonderful for, for your body and for your whole kind of skeletal system. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to be a yoga instructor, but now mm-hmm. you've ended up being Pilates. Has Pilates overtaken the love of yoga then? Is it P1? Yeah, definitely. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You know, when I did the training and I started teaching, um, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh, my God, this was my practice all along. Like this was the, I, I was meant to do this. Yoga was never, you know, it is something that I still really enjoy practicing. Um, but I just realized that it's not what I should be teaching. And I think, you know, there are a lot of people who go to trainings and they might love the practice and practicing that discipline but then they go and teach a training and they're like I definitely don't want to teach definitely not it's just not what I want to do um and I think yeah it definitely overtook and I am I am through and through a Pilates girl but I still love yoga I think in combination they're fantastic like you you need you need more than just Pilates you need you know, you need um, high intensity training to kind of support your heart, your lungs. You need strength training to build more muscle uh, because muscle mass is really important. Um, and you need yoga for that kind of flow because it, it really is a great way to kind of lubricate your joints. Is Yoga is beautiful for that. But it's just, there is just a lot. I think that yoga could have a little bit more support core support that we offer in pilates yeah like pilates it really burns you like they say that's why it tones up do you know but if you're a runner a cyclist or you're doing a lot of cardio it's so important to restore your muscles as well so not only stretch them but strengthen them and do those small movements and the body movements because so much benefit can be done with body weight 
it's crazy 100% 100% you do not have to be dragging like 20 kilo kettlebells around it's not about that body weight is you can do a lot with it but I do think that there's definitely and something that I want to personally do more of is definitely strength training because for kind of longevity um it is something that is that is good to do and you know the the muscle the muscle mass is 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 important for for also for your um for your nutrition it's really important mm-hmm. and kind of doing the right exercises but i also think you know when people ask me how do you exercise what what do you do and i always always say you have to find your discipline i mean your your cycle right mm-hmm. yeah exactly so it's about finding the discipline that you can sustain i hate running like <laughs> i hate it like I, I'm not afraid to say it, but I just I just do not do very well with running at all. So I try to find a different discipline that will offer me, you know, a cardio training, but the one that I at least enjoy. Because if I don't enjoy it, I won't sustain it. I won't go again. Mm-hmm. I won't do it regularly. So you have to go and like sign yourself to a gym that offers ten different classes or maybe fifteen different disciplines try them all and see what you know what like hit the spot what filled your love tank um and that and continue with that because any movement is better than no movement so it's about finding yours exactly and it's not a punishment that's what a lot of people seem to treat exercise as like oh Mm. I've got to go on my run now even though you hate running it's like well why don't you go to a dance class or pilates or anything like do or do stay at home and have a little jump around like put a music on and shake and and dance or put your tv on and just i don't know hold the plank for five minutes anything is better than nothing like i i always think that but you just have to be you know i do think what I, what I think people should learn more of is just body awareness. It's being aware of your body. And, you know, just because somebody on Instagram told you that doing a hundred crunches a day will give you a flat stomach. I mean, A, not going to happen just because you're doing that, but nothing else. But B, it might not be good for you. It might be not good for your, you know, if you have like lower back issues or something like that, then mm-hmm. it's about supporting that first before you're going into you know other modes of training um because so many it's people so true. have yeah yeah because yeah, like crunches if you're like a cyclist you spend a lot of time bent over a bike the worst thing you can do is then do crunches because you're yeah. just bending that arching that back again whereas if you're yeah. in a plank you're lengthening your yeah. spine if you're a runner there'll be so many different exercises that you need to strengthen mainly Absolutely. your knees <laughs> absolutely Um, you need to think about it completely it's so important and it's not like you just follow instagram reels of what everyone else is doing what works for you what does your body feel like when you're gonna be doing that and that's why i think you know you know i obviously you know i have pilates classes on my youtube i have little reels of like little workouts on my instagram but if you can go and get a one-to-one with someone and somebody that is close to you pilates teacher a pt that is good 
and really explain what you want like what what is your goal do you just want to go for a workout to clear your mind do you have goals when it comes to your physical appearance what is it that you want and i think having that one to one and then working on your alignment working on your um like control is it will give you amazing basis to exercising by yourself because i you know i can exercise by myself because i know what works for me and what doesn't work for me um and that might sometimes means that instead of a burpee i will step into the burpee or you know something like that because i know that personally for me it works better so i'm not competing with myself or with somebody else to do, like who does it better kind of thing but i think working on your um I, i keep thinking of a word but it just doesn't um <laughs> doesn't come to me but yeah working on your form is the word yeah. form uh is really important because then you can you know you can take so many exercises and do them at home if you are know what you're doing exactly what do you enjoy doing and what can you fit into your day as well it's so much better to be consistently good rather than occasionally great so if you're going to do a really hard hit workout every sunday morning and nothing else through the week why yeah. don't you do like a speed walk three times Absolutely. a week and yeah. a yeah. bit of pilates yeah you've said you've got them on youtube you've got them on mm. instagram reels like people don't have an excuse to say oh i i can't yeah. i live rurally i don't have yeah. that or i don't have time Absolutely. And also, you know, whatever that exercise is for you, you know, maybe you, maybe you do just kind of, you know, you can do exercises in bed, like that's the thing, you can literally move your body in so many different ways. And I, like, I always say, get up and shake and like, dance and jump, like dancing is such a endorphin booster. Um, but also it's actually you know it's good for you physically so yeah doing doing something is always better and you know little little portions of exercise sometimes is better every day or every other day than doing like oh i'm going to go and smash a hit for mm -hmm. one hour on a wednesday and that's my workout of the week exactly mm -hmm. what's the hardest thing about being a pilates teacher uh Well, I think if it's if it comes to classes or group trainings, it's finding ways to include everyone. Um, because you know, if we have a class and it's fifteen people, and you will get all sorts of different levels. There will be people with injuries. There will be people who are expecting modifications. Um, and I think that is that can be difficult because you have to consider so many people. But that's why. I always advise going for a one-to-one -one, at least once or twice because then you are almost aware yourself of what modifications you need because in a class um, environment, it's very difficult to keep an eye on everyone um, and it's very difficult to kind of check on everyone's form and making sure they understand the exercise. So in a group in a group setting, definitely that is the, the hardest, just trying to, know be inclusive and compassionate to everybody's um you know levels and everybody's situations mm -hmm. but also yeah. just the other thing is just fitting your own exercise in when you teach and i'm sure that you know a lot of like fitness instructors and anybody that teaches any kind of 
sport is is fitting your own exercise because sometimes you feel like well I taught for example yesterday I taught four classes so when I teach four classes do I feel like I had my workout or do I still feel like working out well I don't feel like working out definitely and most of the times I don't really feel like working out for a day or two so that's when I try to think okay well I don't feel like you know doing a strength or a cardio training so I'm going to do like 20 minutes yoga flow that like that's mm-hmm. all I've got in me but at least I'm going to do that or maybe I'm doing yin yoga which is literally mean I am in a child's pose you know or like lovely stretches and lovely soft things for for half an hour because it's it, those things are just as important recovery is just as important as you know like you said you know if you're cycling recovery is just as important and you know supporting your muscles supporting your joints um in those ways and stretching things that you know shorten and elongating things um is important and that's literally just listening to your body do you know it's as simple as that like you don't want to be doing that but you're gonna say okay I'm gonna do something because that's Mm -hmm. where discipline comes in but you're not forcing yourself to hate it yeah And your body gives you clues all the time. Like, that's the thing. Intuition is like, it's not just about, you know, I predict or, you know, oh, my intuition tells me I shouldn't go there or I shouldn't do that. It's also just being in tune, intuitive, in tune with your body and listening to those clues, like, you know, if I, if I really, if I get up and I, and I just, I'm, that's it, like I am drain I'm a wet rag like I don't want to do anything then forcing myself into doing like crazy crazy training sometimes it's good sometimes it can work and clear your head but sometimes like I say something a bit more relaxing a little bit more like a recovery can do exactly the same or lying in a child's pose for 10 minutes can do exactly that too and I think just just being you know a little bit more in tune with your body is um is the way you know it's the way when do i need rest rest when you need it and when you're ready for some activity you know get it and maintain your posture is such an important thing especially Mm. when we spend so much time bent over computers at our desks so everyone who's listening to this what would be the tips you would give for them to improve their posture like super easily yeah right now So one thing I always say to people in my classes is if the back of your head is in line with your shoulder blades and your tailbone, then you're probably sitting or standing pretty well. So you want to be like in an alignment. Um, But with posture, I think it's posture obviously is tricky. We do, you know, the tiredness of the day, the activities of the day get to us. We want to hunch forward. So it's just becoming more aware of shoulders back, shoulders down. And just that simple move of pushing your shoulders back and down will open up through the chest and like open up through the... um, and open through your back but it's there there are exercises you can do that you know work with almost lengthening your chest muscle and kind of shortening the back a little bit because now it's the opposite we're shortening the front and we're lengthening the back that's why we're all punching forward but it's it's just training your own mind when you catch yourself 
hunching over or like going forward just just to sit in upright um but it's not easy it's not easy because it's you know it's a natural thing for you to do when you are you know when you're working or your mind is somewhere else <clears throat> but I think it's just about yeah training your mind to just notice it I do that for example when I'm frown so I, I I tend to when I'm really in a deep thought I frown quite a lot and I've literally trained myself to show a lot of emotion through my face but little through my forehead so yeah. I can be really expressive but my forehead won't move much because it would it was causing me pain like it was it was so tense how much I was frowning I was frowning in my sleep I was literally would catch myself oh my frowning in my sleep and there was so much mm. tension between my brows so now when I catch myself doing that I'm like relax you know I'll, mas I'll massage my my, mm. my forehead between my brows and it, it helps so it's just about again it's it's little habits it's habits that become then a natural thing to you yeah and do a lot of people who come to you for skincare help do they have concerns about aging and ask about anti-aging remedies what do you recommend yeah absolutely I mean it is you know it, it, the, the, there isn't I don't think hand on heart there isn't many people who are not concerned about it's not about preventing aging for for me, I just think it's about aging in the most natural way and the most kind of, you know, gracefully in a way. How can I age the happiest, the glowest? Is that a word? I don't know. Maybe I just invented it. Uh, <laughs> you know, self. And I think, yeah, of course, people are, people are always saying, you know, how do how can I reduce lines? How can I reduce wrinkles? How can I, you know, keep the contour and the oval of my face? especially as you know a lot of my youtube videos are they're specifically targeted to certain things that people will ask for and most of the time it is lines wrinkles necklines um double chin things like that so um you know what do i advise i it is again it is a question of a full lifestyle there is no like there's no pill to to do it for you there is no cream and i'm telling you that there is no cream that is going to erase all your lines and wrinkles there are fantastic creams that will support your skin and will support you know your skin barrier and will like almost act as a little like filler from the inside but it's about collagen in your skin and you want to stimulate collagen and to stimulate collagen in your skin, you want to promote blood flow. You want to promote the, the flow of the nutrients to your skin, which for me is a no-brainer. It's massage. You can massage your skin. You can manipulate it. But you don't have to, you know, go crazy. Again, less is more sometimes. Just a little bit. When you're doing your skincare routine in the morning, when you're washing your face, you know, instead of just kind of stroking yourself and then washing it off, get your knuckles in there you know massage release the tension in the muscles get that blood flow going um and you know get the fresh nutrients fresh blood to the surface of the skin feed the skin from the inside and of course hydration you've got to hydrate from the inside and out so water drinking enough water and hydrating your skin topically is really important and you you know there are supplements but again no like magic cure but uh, for me amigas are quite a big one when it comes to 
um, skin, hair, um, and things like that. And with, with the skincare routine, simple, but the one that works for you, it just has to, and, and skin is such a, you know, it is such a simple thing to find a good skincare routine, in my opinion, because your skin gives you immediate feedback. It is immediate. It either works or it doesn't work. Yeah, so true. It's so overcomplicated, but when you say it like that, <laughs> just listen listen to your body. Like, what yeah. is it saying? There we go. Do you know? Yeah, exactly. So how can people follow you online and check these amazing YouTube videos out? Okay. Yeah. I mean, of course. Um, on Instagram, I am the underscore moments, and on YouTube, I am the moments one word. Um, and yeah, I have I post all sorts of all sorts of content, but on Instagram, it is mostly I post massage reels. I post some like tips, tricks when it comes to skin, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to wellness. I'm currently doing my health coach qualification so I'm doing even more nutritional studies which is really really exciting because it's something that I wanted to do but that's just not where life took me um, and on YouTube you will find lots of real-time long routines where you can sit down and spend 10 minutes with me you know massaging your face and I talk you through it and there are also Pilates workouts on my uh, on my YouTube as well Mm -hmm. amazing and where do you teach pilates in london if anyone yeah wants so to. i teach a block in clapton um so currently that's the only place that i'm teaching um and i'm there on mondays so come see me Incredible. if you're in london yes absolutely well oh thank you so much for for joining today cassandra that was such an interesting discussion and i guess it's just all about balance listening mm. to your body like simplifying it what are you putting into your body as well as what you're putting on your skin? Finding Absolutely. movements that support you, that empower you, that you enjoy, that you can fit into your routine and caring for your body. It's your friend. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry to be cheesy, but it's your friend. It is. But, you know, it's the we only have one shell. This is, you know, this is our shell where the rest of our, you know, mind lives. And we've only got one. So you might as well make the most of it incredible thank you so much for joining today my absolute pleasure thanks so much for having me